Hello and welcome to the Lab Leaders podcast, where we're lifting the lid again on human understanding. In this episode, I am joined by Caroline Coventry, who is a director at Nelson Bostock, and by Dr. Simon Collister, a director at Human Understanding Lab. Between them, they've got 35 years background in everything to do with PR and comms, social, creative, and of course, the new world of data science, neuroscience, and behavioral science. So this episode is a cracker. It's all about PR meeting data science and the world of opportunity that awaits. We'll be talking about data-driven ways of informing creative and guiding execution in PR. So Caroline, if I could come to you first, it'd be great to get your take on the current state of PR. Are you, are you seeing innovation happening already or is it not really happening a lot right now in your view? Well, we're seeing lots of innovation, but if we look at our marketing and advertising counterparts and then we look at what's happening in PR, um, we really we really aren't innovating at all. We're really scratching the surface of what's possible. I think we traditionally look towards our relationships. We've looked at the known knowns to kind of inspire creative and to help us to get our stories out to to the target audiences. But actually, what we haven't done is to really think about is how, how do we map influence? How do we really understand what's going to make an impact? So in the way that marketing and advertising really embraced and, and uses data kind of day in, day out to inform every single transaction, every single decision. In PR, we just, we aren't doing that. We're, we're hoping that the stories and the creative will will do all of the talking and will, will deliver the impact that we're looking for. But I think that there's a really rich opportunity for us to do so much more with, with, with data so that we can better inform the creative, but also that we can then better inform the execution. One of the, one of the areas I think that really where there's a major missed opportunity is the fact that we still run traditional and social typically in PR fairly separately and and there's a huge job to integrate that piece through through data insight. Yeah that I mean we just scratched the surface there Caroline and you mentioned a couple of things there it'd be great for us to kind of get into the conversation around opportunities around creative and how do we use perhaps new techniques and new data science applications for creating messaging and understanding like have we got the story right is it the right story that's going to reach the audience and also then land with them because that's ultimately the purpose of, of PR and communications you know what you mentioned also that perhaps the world of, of PR and comms has, has been a little bit slow to adapt and I think you're right if you compare it to other disciplines just take marketing for instance they, they are used to perhaps working in this way but it's it's still a recent thing it's definitely within the last 10 to 5 years, maybe even sooner for some brands, where we've really just started to do more with data and become more data driven. It was a little bit of a buzzword, but it hasn't quite reached the world of PR and comms yet. I mean, why do you think that is? I think uh, that we've been too focused on the end of the journey, so the measurement piece, so justifying our impact and trying to justify the spend that our clients are placing with us instead of thinking about using data for planning purposes. So if we can better demonstrate where the influence is, so who are, who are the media and who are the influencers that really matter to our clients and therefore that we should be creating stories for or, or building relationships with. And then also 
understanding the interests or understanding the motivations, the key emotional drivers, the key the key passion points, the key interests of our target audiences on a personal level, then we can kind of in, in, integrate that into the, the planning and the creative kind of much better. And then we can echo that through into the measurement and we can demonstrate that the impact that we're, that we're having. But up until now, data use in PR has predominantly been used for media monitoring, share of voice, some really, really basic measurement mm. and not really used to the full extent for for audience understanding and influencer mapping, which I think is the is the really major opportunity for us this year. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, even just the start of this conversation makes it kind of suddenly feel like there's a lot to do in PR, isn't there? Let's bring Simon into the conversation as well. So what what's your take on the opportunity for PR? If we can perhaps up level the use of things like data science in PR, where do you think that's going to take some brands? First of all, I think, I mean, I think there's a huge opportunity for, for PR to look at what marketing and advertising have been doing and effectively kind of almost leapfrog up to the, the standards of, of what's what's going on in, in other industries. I agree completely with, with what Caroline's saying. There is a sort of almost a perception of, a, of, of or a perceived barrier with data when it comes to PR, which I think is a bit un, un, unfortunate or unfounded because PRs always use data. We've always used kind of public opinion surveys to kind of generate story and creative ideas. And I think with the rise of social data and increasingly first party data there's even more opportunities to, to kind of tap in and find some of these really interesting unknown stories but so I think it's, it's partly about kind of you know helping the PR world accelerate their use of data and I think in terms of specific opportunities Caroline's mentioned this kind of divide between traditional and social and I think one of the interesting things right now is the way that say the media landscape is is becoming even more fragmented so as well as having more traditional publications and even digital publications, we now see kind of individual journalists who are becoming a kind of uh, a publication in their own right. So being able to almost map networks of influencers within a particular field or sector is something that's really interesting. And I know, Carolyn, you mentioned the, the, the rise and the importance of influence and understanding what we mean by influence. And, and we can use data to kind of to map these, these networks to understand how best to drive a story into a particular domain. But there's other things like we know that kind of content and kind of the rise of, of kind of editorial content produced by brands and by our clients is is rising um, and we we know for example looking at the world of advertising that we can apply neuroscience to really understand the moments in a particular piece of editorial that drive really powerful reaction so that have that real kind of creative spark or perhaps really land the message that we're trying to land so we can apply neuroscience to understand editorial content and we can also apply a bit of neuroscience to understand what really motivates people in a category and that could be an end user or a consumer, but it could also be looking at, say, influencers and, and media. And you can see how if you combine some of that analysis with, say, kind of social analytics and an influencer mapping, you can kind of start to identify that that media audience, that media landscape, and understand what interests them, what motivates them, what will they be most interested in. And then by taking your own kind of content and stories, almost triaging those from a neuroscience perspective to understand how they're really going to kind of resonate and in theory, drive a kind of a newsworthy or almost kind of word of mouth effect. Yeah, and I mean, there's so there's so much in there that we we could talk to you. I'm, I feel like I'm about to go a bit off piste here, so be warned. But you're just, just making me think as, you, as you're talking there, Simon, because you, you mentioned that we need to try and unpack a little bit something like, what do we mean by influence? But also, I just wonder, for our listeners who might be interested in or working in PR and comms or on the brand side, what do we also mean by data? Because 
you know, I've had my own little tour of, of, of PR agency time as well. So, it, and I might be a bit out of date, so I'm sure you can fill in the gaps here, but the, the process of storytelling and like creating the story, perhaps we should just unpack that a little bit because when we talk about data, we might be scaring people off because it's it's kind of like the the antichrist of creativity but at the same time we have used it like you say so you know doing surveys or opinion polls and finding a hook for a story like that's really commonplace in pr but we're talking about using data at a completely different level and we might just need to i think just walk through like what does that new process look like because we're almost kind of reinventing how do you get to the story in the first place and let's let's just take that as a discussion point I think it'd be great just for the three of us just to talk that through because what's the start point and how would that be different from telling a story now and Caroline I don't mean to put you on the spot but perhaps you could give us your thoughts about the, the typical process and then if we were to bring in other ways of understanding messaging for instance or using some of these new innovation techniques what might it be and how would the process need to change? Simon and I have spoken quite a lot about this and the need for there to be a more more interrogation of the briefing process. So currently, we 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 often receive a brief from a client that might that brief might be based on first party data that they have within the business, or it might be a feel for the way that the sales teams are uh, what the sales teams are hearing from customers, or the way that if it's on a, if it's a corporate type of brief, it might be that they what the they they believe the shareholders need to be seeing or hearing from the business. I think the way that data would would change that would be to test that brief and to make sure that any response that we are coming that we that we're, or any recommendations we're providing to the client off the back of it is based on fact rather than kind of perception and of course data always has its flaws as well there's no there's, there's never going to be a perfect brief but if we can be confident that the audiences are going to be receptive to certain messages or that the channels that we're using are the right kind of channels or the right kind of influencers that we're going through then that will definitely impact the audience or that the audience are following then then we can then we can perhaps be more confident about telling the client this is a story you need to tell or indeed maybe we should put some more budget behind this area because this is the area that's going to make the greatest impact on your audience and at the moment it's a we are we're not able to fully test those briefs or we haven't been to date because we haven't had the tools in place the data insights to be able to to challenge them as fully as we probably should be able to mm-hmm. yeah okay and i mean that it's an interesting way of looking at it because what you're saying there i think we're starting with good insight and you know that so the start point might potentially be slightly different from regular brief and therefore the solution and the strategy as to how do we then you know respond to the brief is also slightly different and I guess we're saying that we can apply data right at the beginning of the journey to to kind of interrogate the audience and understand what matters to them in context of that and then like you say to look at audiences and how do we reach them am I on the right lines here is that the kind of thing that you're you're explaining Yes, absolutely. And it has to be in context of the brand and it has to be in context of their competitive positioning in the market and all of those various factors. So you cannot look at a single set of data in in isolation. It has to be it has to be within that context. But I think that if we can have a really strong insight led 
strategy or there are certain certain elements of the data insights that come back that that sort of inspire creative session ideation to generate stories or campaigns that are really going to be eye-catching then then that you're already in a really strong position when it comes to the execution so that's where we need to get to with clients it will require a lot more time investment in the briefing process and in the 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 creative and the ideation process because we'll need we'll need time to get there rather than the usual one week turnaround from brief yeah. to, to pitching but but it's something that I, I i really feel will will generate much better results off the out of the back of it and and also it'll mean that we have we'll probably have a variety of routes that we'll be able to go down from a comms perspective rather than usually we kind of land on a single route or a single insight that informs the creative we might have multiple insights that can inform multiple creative routes and therefore give us a lot more longevity with campaigning for clients mm-hmm. as well yeah, I mean everything you're saying makes perfect sense. I think if you you know work for a in a in a PR or a comms role for a brand, it's music to your ears that we can rethink it in a different way and just have a little bit more confidence that the the campaign that you launch will do its job. Essentially, that's what we're saying. It's we're going to get to better outcomes for the brands. I mean, what what's it going to take to get there? Because it feels like already we're we're talking about it's a new way of working, essentially, isn't it? So I know we we started the conversation talking about data and like unpacking what we really mean there. I mean, Simon, it'd be great great to get your thoughts on this. If there is this kind of inertia, perhaps, and we we, we need to kind of decriminalise the word data and insight from a PR point of view, what's your take? How do you think we might kind of get, get wheels to turn and perhaps get clients to think slightly differently in PR and comms? I think it's partly around the narrative and the story that we tell and the industry itself will have to kind of change the way that it talks about data and that is definitely happening i mean you've certainly seen in the last couple of years pr agency startups coming um out of the of the industry really focusing on on leveraging data and kind of being data driven but i think it's also as Callan's already alluded to as that kind of traditional and kind of digital world combines and kind of collapses in, into one media space you start to see that as well as having to rely on say media database to find journalists you're also actually able to find other journalists or publishers online and then recognizing that many of those might have a community that exists around them in social media and then actually by leveraging social listening and social analytics tools you can identify angles for stories or or kind of interesting topics or reputational challenges that you weren't already aware of and I think that that will be a kind of a a bit of a a pull from that perspective the tools there are many tools that already kind of exist out there I think there's certainly been used by digital agencies and and marketing agencies I know some PR agencies like 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 an unlimited are, are using them already and it's really a case of getting on board with those. The challenge is, I think, that sometimes access to data or data analytics, certainly on the social side, is quite cost prohibitive in, in many ways. And I think as, as costs start to come down, more lightweight tools emerge. Or <clears throat> as Carol and I have spoken about recently, kind of we start to build our own tools to, to deliver quite specific PR use cases. We'll start to see the recognition that actually it's actually fairly straightforward and unlocks a huge amount of value to look at, say, online conversations and understand what are the main drives of conversation, what are the main topics, what content that we've made is resonating with our target community, which content is, for example, not resonating as well. How do we adapt that? Can we test new ideas? I don't know, um, Caroline, you had a really interesting example recently where we spoke about using uh, Reddit, for example, with a particular client. So again, 
uh, something I think it was something that came out of planning and an insight that allowed you to then kind of open up a much more uh, say nuanced and, and broader type of kind of community engagement. Yes, that's right. I was going to yeah. I think that point about the media landscape having fragmented and there being emergence of new platforms and new channels and new influences that we hadn't previously had to track or map or or that weren't necessarily as influential as they are today is is a really interesting point. Substacks have been, I think 2021 has been the year of Substacks. So many journalists are building their own communities and their own newsletters and we need to be on top of and aware of how, where those are emerging and, and where the audience is, is traveling to. But, but on the point about Reddit, that is in platform that we're finding that a lot of the tech community is gathering around. So a lot of our clients are tech clients and Cardo Technology really wants to build its positioning as a leader, well it's a leader in innovation, they do some absolutely incredible work in AI and robotics and they wanted to get in front of that community and, and, and have a, a dialogue with them so it's not just one way and so the CEO of Ocado Technology recently did a Reddit AMA which is a kind of just um, Q&A forum, anyone can post any questions and, and he he answered them and, and it was really really successful and I think that it's not just about reaching people in the places that they're actually, where they're, where they're hanging out and where they're engaging with each other. So having something like Reddit very much within your PR and comms plan, but it's also about bringing the brand much closer directly to the audiences, which PR and comms hasn't previously done. It's, we've, we've often gone through influencers and, and our role is changing quite a lot in that regard as the media changes. I think I think there's also I mean, you're right in terms of how the media changes and and we, we spoke about channels and I think one of the other barriers to, to change is is the sense that you know and, and Caroline you talked about kind of perhaps being almost kind of focusing on on the end of that kind of strategic plan and, and thinking about channels and content but I know for example back in the planning phase back in the day when working in PR is that to really kind of understand a client and and to identify and source good stories is really about kind of just getting under the skin of the business and talking to as many people as possible. And you almost kind of take that process, which which works. And one of the benefits of, of, of data and tech is that we can now scale a lot of those kind of more traditional manual processes. So working with some data scientists in the human understanding lab, what, what I've come to realize is that when they think about data, Faye, to, to your earlier point, they're thinking about pretty much anything, any kind of signal or output from a, a, a business or a brand and that they can get their hands on whereas from a kind of common traditional commerce perspective you think it's conversations it's understanding what makes the business tick potentially you can find some of that out and a lot more besides from a data science perspective by focusing on what what types of processes and operations and, and kind of systems that does a business have and then looking at what that can tell you in combination and i know this is kind of probably quite far down the line from a, from a pr perspective but it's certainly understanding where data science is going. It's really interesting to be able to understand that you get almost into that world of kind of predict, predictive planning by looking at the way things have operated over a, a, a multi-year period. You can then understand potentially where things may go. Now, from an internal perspective, that may be not too relevant from a, from a commerce perspective, but you can also think about how you can apply the same approach to say external data so we've been looking at something around trends kind of category trends or kind of cultural trends and again saying well instead of just looking at say news coverage or, or kind of publications or even social data 
what else can we kind of plug into from uh, an analytics perspective that can give us an insight into people's behaviours? Because we know that culture is shaped by people's mindsets and their behaviours. So looking at kind of tools that are, are being built to understand where, say, the future of, of, of taste and flavours might go from a kind of food and lifestyle category. So big data science models that are ingesting not just people talking on social media about good meals, but looking at, say, high-end menus and ingesting ingredients and ingesting the way that menus have been put together starts to give an insight into this kind of where the leading edge of, say, a category or a topic or trend is, and then starting to build some potential routes that that may go in, and then using AI to understand the likelihood of one of those particular trends becoming more important than others. So you, you can kind of quite quickly with the data science hat on, get into kind of quite almost advanced AI prediction around kind of cultural or, or other kinds of trends. And I think that's a huge opportunity and, and certainly part of the narrative to kind of set out as the North Star to move towards. So, Simon, you've just totally blown my mind. Um, genuinely, the, as soon as you start a conversation about data science, and I totally appreciate we're doing this in the context of like, how can we perhaps bring some of that into the world of PR and comms. I mean, you're, you're talking about things that have huge potential. And I think it feels like maybe we're going to need some particularly far-sighted brands to be thinking in that way for PR and comms. And it's not that they couldn't ever get there. I mean, every brand's on a journey anyway, with regards to how much they can take in and process and use data. So if we've got listeners that are thinking, bloody hell, this is like miles ahead of where we are, maybe it is in the conversation. But I wonder how are PR organisations currently set up, Caroline, in, in your view? And to what extent are people really thinking in this way? How do we help them get on the journey towards this future that Simon's talking about? I think we need to show some really great examples. We need to demonstrate the value that we're bringing to other clients, to other briefs. If they're going to be the first movers, though, we need to probably invest some in our side to to deliver some creative based on data data insights that, that we've gathered and also be able to start maybe start small as well just a few finding some of the really interesting bits and in the small data nuggets that that really inspire us to slightly to, to shift plans so rather than overhauling our entire comms plan and entire strategy from day one just starting to think about approaching different types of publications or different platforms, different outlets and the, that we hadn't before because the data is telling us that that's where our audiences are, that's where we need to be. So that's a really simple way to do it. In terms of informing that creative or, or the, the strategy sort of more broadly, I think we need to, we need to show that other, probably other companies are winning by having a really informed strategy of their own. So in the competitive marketplace, there needs to be an imperative to do it. And I think that is only going to come if other companies are getting really smart as well. So, so if we want to, if we want to really, if, if we have clients or if anyone's listening to this that wants to be a bit of a first mover when it comes to data in PR and comms, then I think let's just start with some of those small wins in the way that we're executing and then let's ladder that back up to some of the planning and creative. But we that's the great thing about working in Unlimited and having the Human Understanding Lab is that I can we can see what we're doing in marketing, we can see what we're doing in other in digital, other parts of the business and 
look to that that for inspiration we can see it working in practice and so there's that comfort level i think of knowing the impact that it can have and, and having some great examples outside of pr and comms mm -hmm. that we can then just uh, mirror back in yeah. pr and comms clients yeah, it's really it's really good advice, Caroline, too, because there are things that you could do now. And like you say, we can cross pollinate things we're already doing for for other types of clients. I mean, Simon, I'm sure you're, you're pretty close to a lot of this stuff. There must be other areas that you, perhaps if you have a client that wants to give it a try or to kind of get on that journey where they can bring more data and insight into PR. What sort of what sort of things or examples could they think about? Starting small is 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 really important because obviously it needs to be manageable but the beauty in a way the beauty of, of of data and it's a bit of a cliche to talk about kind of a toolbox approach but from a data perspective you can start with a very small project and kind of work out what data you've got available you can build it into a very kind of useful functional process planning process insight process and then what you can do is if when that starts to work you can then work out what else can we build into this that would give it even more potential even more opportunity within the business so you can then kind of start to build it out so i think that that start small approach is really important in terms of your, your question then kind of as well learning from other parts of the the marketing um and comms kind of digital discipline certainly from from an, an unlimited perspective a really good example that I've, I've seen recently is is splendid one of our, our digital clients doing some work for um, a hospitality brand in terms of rebuilding <clears throat> digital platforms and in as part of that process kind of getting under the skin of their customer database and understanding how to improve the digital function for the customer base in doing so, we applied some data science to understand uh, an audience segmentation effect. And, and the beauty of kind of using data science to do that is that rather than making you know, assumptions or presumptions about why people have done certain things or the type of person they are based on quite kind of broad or crude aggregate measures like demographic or, or, or geographic data, we actually look at the different data signals they're giving off when they are visiting a website, when they are looking on a website, when they're booking a certain break or, or when they're operating in a certain kind of kind of sector. And we can we can actually define what we call mission segments. So people that we know are target audience, target customer base, are coming to stay with a particular mission in mind. And actually in doing that, it threw up some interesting kind of nuggets around we had a much more kind of nuanced audience or customer base than we thought we had and, and then from that what you can then start to do is build in campaigns around and this is an example building campaigns around say theatre visits which was a, clearly from the data a reason that people were coming to stay but which wasn't necessarily the priority for for the brand so maybe it's the theatre maybe it's sports events and those were areas that we we didn't realize that in, in the example that we we could target. So all of a sudden you can start to build campaigns around different verticals with different calls to action, different messages that will have different kind of calendar moments. So you can start to kind of then build out even greater insight around how you can plan a campaign based on some of that data science. And again, you wouldn't necessarily have got there if you hadn't have applied a bit of data science from a digital build perspective to really unlock then kind of comms and marketing potential within the same kind of space. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if the, if the data exists, I think essentially there's opportunity, isn't there? And we, we can help client brands just to to think about how do you interpret that in a certain way that then informs the strategy more specifically. You could take that exact example uh, that you gave there, Simon, and apply that to audience profiling, 
for instance, for PR and comms, understanding the motivations of audiences rather than perhaps the demographic, taking in social data, just just looking at different segments of audience. It's not to be controversial, but is it fair to say, Caroline, that looking at audiences has been fairly one-dimensional for PR and comms? It's like you mentioned before, it's through media outlets or it's through the third party there has been a bit of a shift, as you as you rightly say, bringing brands closer to to the audiences themselves. But is is there opportunity there for brands? Like, is that a, a perhaps good place to begin? Better understanding how audiences really really work. I think so. There is always going to be in comms an element of broadcast that we in that you need to communicate. You need to communicate at the same time to all your target audiences, um, so everyone's hearing your story or your news for the first time together, or that you want a campaign to have maximum impact, so you really want it to go out all at once and to for, for everyone to be talking about it together. There's a lot of value in that. And so that's where I think sometimes the, the data and some of the nuances of data and audience segmentation has been lost with comms because we have a story that we just really want to get out through, through those channels. So I think that there will always be an element of that, but because of the ch- way that media is changing and this shift kind of slightly closer to our audiences, the fact that journalists are setting up new channels and platforms for themselves. There's a much more community-based way that we are typically engaging online and that in itself creates a huge opportunity for us then to get a lot more sophisticated with audience segmentation as you're talking about, Mm -hmm. Faye. So yeah, I totally agree with that. I think it's partly been the PR industry, but it's um, mainly been, I think, the media and the fact that the channels that we're operating through haven't necessitated it and they do now there's a real imperative to get a lot smarter with our planning mm-hmm. yeah definitely and I, I guess I'm thinking to myself as we're talking here because we, we, we're covering such a lot of kind of diverse but connected topics under the banner of innovation in, in PR and comms and we, we've talked a bit about just now audience segmentation how we could perhaps get more sophisticated we were talking earlier about um, storytelling and understanding creative and messaging and what really resonates with audiences in a scientific way. We've touched a little bit on execution and channels as well. So it's quite a lot to take in here. Our aim here, and we're all quite passionate about the possibility and the, and the opportunity that we can bring to brands. So hopefully there's some inspiration that you know comes out of this discussion. But I imagine the flip side of it, you know, could very well be that how do we how do we do that and how do we prove the case that if we do start looking at things slightly differently, what does good really look like and how do we get there? Some of those more kind of practical things that from a client point of view, you can imagine that you would need to have some answers for. So how do we help clients kind of navigate that? How could we reassure them that if you do this, you'll get that. Is there a way that we can kind of balance that conversation for them? I, th- I think one of the things that we will really need in PR and comms is much more much more real-time data analysis and data understanding. That's something that I think to, so far we've talked a lot about informing planning and in, and, and having time to analyse and understand and, 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 and it, feed that into the work that we're doing. But actually the real-time insights are going to be the piece where I think our clients will really kind of sit up and listen because that's where the risk is, is not understanding what people are saying in real time and then having the opportunity to react. And so I think that 
I think we will need to get a, a, a lot. I think there's a huge opportunity there. And I think if we can show clients that we can have our finger on the pulse and we can know things before they're made aware of it, then that will add a lot of value to clients. So that's that's one area where I think we can definitely uh, quite quickly make an impact. But that, but we, in, in terms of what good looks like, it's really about being able to justify a higher PR spend because we have been able to prove much better impact through the campaigns that we're running and that's linking planning to measurement effectively and so rather than just focusing on measurement and trying to measure against the tried and tested PR strategies and our relationships that we've held for years and being able to demonstrate the impact that those are having instead we're measuring against the data informed strategy and creative that we set at the start and that's just far more compelling and far more compelling to any budget holder that the PR or comms team is looking towards so I think that really what it comes down to is having much bigger budgets to do much more much more fun and creative and effective yeah. campaigns. I'm glad you mentioned the M word Caroline I was going to come <laughs> on to that because because measurement has to be part of this conversation doesn't it if, if we're talking about approaching storytelling and and execution differently we're going to have to measure it differently too because we're, we're looking at framing things in a completely different way so there's always been that perennial question hasn't there of how do you how do you prove the the value of PR what what are your guys takes on how are we going to change things from a measurement point of view I don't know Simon if you've perhaps got some initial thoughts on that how, how do we change measurement Arguably, measurement becomes easier when you're using data for insight and planning. Because if you know where and what and how you want to move the needle in terms of an outcome for for the client, that's exactly then what you should be measuring. And if you've got data points to inform the creative or the channel approach at the start of a campaign, in theory, you should be then rooting those objectives into the measurement so that at the end of the campaign you can say well we set out to increase share of voice or to drive an increase in brand association and actually we can we can show this with some relatively easily available data and I think that's one of the other beauties in that kind of the proliferation of, of social analytics and social data as well as kind of a much more kind of proprietary measurement tools that, that are available is that if you kind of set that goal at the start and align it with an outcome then you should be able to measure that whether or not you can then prove an ROI against that is 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 not always the case. Mm. I, I am definitely, as per Caroline's point, kind of you know, the 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 optimal end state for me is to be able to is to kind of deliver creativity and also then deliver an ROI on on the input and the spend to that creativity in that campaign and that storytelling. I think it's certainly again looking at kind of comparable applications in other industries. Marketing is already using lifetime value modeling to understand what's the optimal outcome from a revenue perspective that we should be looking for. So data science can certainly deliver that with a kind of a hard-nosed kind of marketing hat on. Whether or not we can translate some of that into a, a more kind of creative PR and comms context remains to be seen, but it's something that we're definitely kind of poking around in within the human understanding lab. Uh, I'm confident that, that we can we can do that, or we will be able to do that at yeah. some point. But it's, it's, I mean, that's kind of, that's the big conundrum. But it's also kind of, from a commerce perspective, there's still you still see it. It's been ongoing for about well, as long as I can remember, the whole advertising value equivalent conversation. Yeah, of course. Some people you say know, you should not... never use them. And I can't well, believe you've mentioned it, Simon. <laughs> well, it's true. I, like it's it still pops up in my LinkedIn and Twitter feed all the time, and people say 
It's a completely discredited metric. And people say, yes, but my client likes the, <laughs> likes the numbers. And so it's not going to, the idea of kind of proving a value against the work that you do is not going to go away. What we need to do is actually come up with yeah. a much better way of attributing that, 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 that sure. metric. I totally agree. And we don't, we're not trying to solve the ultimate question here. I suppose it's more yes. about if we're being more specific in the planning, we can be more specific in the objectives and therefore the goals that we can establish mean that we can report in a different way. It, it doesn't have to be quite so high level where, you know, the number of clips is this in these types of media. You could, if the strategy was perhaps defined in a more sophisticated way through, if you can segment an audience, you can report on segments in an audience, for instance, that starts, starts to give a different perspective already as to the impact of messages and creative and then ultimately action. So it might not be ROI that we get to. I'll just put that in there because that's that's hard for any brand anyway, whatever channel uh, you're uh, using. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And, and PR and comms isn't set up to deliver that direct ROI usually. Mm. It's about the start of the customer journey. It's about brand awareness and it's about building understanding and engagement. And so traditionally we have used brand indexes, brand surveys to understand the impact. So maybe every six months our clients might run a brand survey. And if we can set a listening tool up at the start to inform the insights and planning, as you're saying, then you've got a benchmark against which you can then measure at the end of the campaign. So very similar to those surveys, but you're directly doing the listening yourself and you're seeing what people are actually saying rather than what they're saying in response to a survey question, which is, probably a lot more reliable as well. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That, I mean, that, in, that in, in the kind of research and insight jargon, that kind of implicit insight, that unbiased kind of unaided information is, is hugely powerful. Great. Well, Caroline and Simon, we've covered so much ground today. It's been a really fascinating conversation. Um, I think it'd be great, perhaps if we could, let's just try and give our advice and summarise for our listeners, if they were interested in looking more towards how do we bring data and insight into their PR programs, what sort of areas or advice would you give them to get started? I think to get started, it has to be with execution where you can start really small and you can get some quick wins quite easily. So in terms of un understanding where the stories need to be heard, where your audiences are engaging and how that's evolving and mapping that over time and constantly reviewing it every three months or so, so that you're engaging in new platforms, you're investing in, in, in new ways of taking your story out to audiences. That's, that's the easy and fastest way for us to start seeing some wins. And then we can start on some of the bigger pieces in planning mm -hmm. that, that inform creative and ultimately solve that measurement piece that we were talking about. Yeah. Yeah, great stuff. And and Simon, there's, there's a lot to learn here, isn't there? And I think we might have inspired uh, a few listeners just to perhaps do a bit of extra kind of extracurricular reading. Is there any recommendations from you as to how and what you think PR and comms people would, would benefit from learning a bit more? Yeah, I mean, I, I come at this from the perspective that, that data is a, is a real opportunity. It shouldn't be seen as a barrier. It shouldn't be seen as a dirty word. And I think with my kind of, with my old kind of comms and PR hat on, uh, that natural inquisitiveness and that curiosity within your kind of sector, within your category is really important. So I, I first started kind of recognising the importance or the potential of data science by actually reading, uh, you know, newspaper reports and, and a few kind of articles from much more from the, say, the tech and the 
the, the bigger kind of corporate brand world who were applying it kind of first and thinking, well, hang on a minute, if you can do that for, for product development, you could do that for creative development or message development or, or innovation within the PR and comms world. So it's to the, it's the kind of be naturally inquisitive, kind of cast the net far and wide in terms of what data can do. And if you, if you kind of recognise, as Callan says, that the, the opportunities are probably immediately available, small scale, start small, grow and evolve into kind of much more interesting and exciting data-driven strategies. It's, it's all there for the taking, really. Brilliant. Fantastic. Well, Caroline and Simon, thank you both so much for your time today. It's been a really, really interesting discussion. You've both got incredible expertise in your two areas. It's great to see that fusion bringing the potential into view for, for PR and comms. Thank you for listening to our Lab Leaders podcast episode. You can find us on all the podcast platforms. So tell your friends, we'd like to have more listeners tuning in to our regular updates. Everything from today's episode is in the show notes. You can catch up with Caroline, Simon and myself. Our contact details are there. We hope to be in touch with you soon and look forward to seeing you next time on Lab Leaders.